This podcast is brought to you by SellingProfile.com. Hi, my name's Derek. Thank you so much for listening to the Stalk the Talk podcast. My guest today is Matt from the Not 606 Leeds United Board, where he goes under the name of Ellen and runs the breakfast debate every morning. Well worth a look if you want to have a chat about Leeds United. So let's get into it. Hi, Matt. Uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, really great to have you on. It's great to be here. Excellent, Matt. So um, just a quick introduction um, you know, for, for uh, people that listen to this um, as to, um, I guess, why you follow Leeds. Right. Oh, crikey. It goes back a long way. So I was eight, so um, well, just over 40 years ago, but don't tell anyone that. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents ran a solicitor's firm in Portsmouth. And uh, their business partner was a season ticket for Portsmouth. And in fact, um, the firm actually sponsored the club at the time. Right. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Fratton Park with uh, my parents' business partner. And they were playing the mighty Leeds United. This must have been back in 84, 85. Wow. Uh, Portsmouth were top of the league. Well, the old second division, and Leeds were, oh, crikey, probably about 12th, 13th, 14th, not doing particularly well, and he had recently been relegated um, for a couple of seasons prior. So, um, obviously, Portsmouth were firm favourites to win, um, and as a little eight-year-old, I wasn't really aware what was going on. Mm. So, anyway, I attended the game, and uh, Leeds won 3-2. I believe Andy Ritchie got a couple of goals. Maybe Bairdy um, scored as well. Mm-hmm. And the Portsmouth fans were absolutely livid. I remember, uh, obviously, a very small section of fans to my right were jumping up and down. I didn't really understand why. And um, it was explained to me that they were the Leeds fans. And uh, even back then, they were um, excitable. <laughs> Let, let's put it that way. Yeah. And um, from there onwards, I kind of looked out for results. And um, that's really kind of how it started. Right. And uh, um, I like the fact that they played in an all-white strip. I like the fact that uh, they had kind of had a reputation even back then, kind of nobody likes us or we are the underdog. And um, it kind of fitted with um, kind of my image. You know, I I was always the underdog and I kind of liked the feeling that I should support the underdog. So you you made that sort of almost like an emotional connection. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, sort of, I don't care. You know, you might not like us, but, you know, uh, we will we will win. Excellent. And and I guess you also, you, it must have been quite amazing, um, <laughs> you know, for your first game, really, to see Leeds win as well. 
Oh, back then, crikey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, plus I'll say what's at the top of the table. Absolute firm favourites. And uh, Leeds gave them the pace to. I think um, uh, old, um, well, we had, uh, oh, not we, but Portsmouth had a Noel Blake that scored oh, late yeah. on. And obviously he went on to play for Leeds. Well, actually, as did Vince Hilaire. There you are. And so um, um, I guess then you actually went to Fratton Park with the idea behind you being taken there that you end up becoming a Portsmouth supporter, but you ended up following the away team. Absolutely. As soon as the lead scored, I was jumping up and down in the Fratton end. I was very lucky not to um, well, become a cropper. And so long-suffering, I guess, since then. <laughs> Oh, crikey, you could say that. Yeah, exactly, like all of us. Yes. Excellent, Matt. So so let's have a quick look back then at your thoughts on last season, you know, our first season back in the Prem after 16 years. I mean, wow, it's a long time to be away. But uh, It's a hell of a long time. Yeah. How do you how do you feel it went last season? I'm absolutely delighted. There's, um, uh, well, nobody, nobody expected us to... Um, kind of hit the ground running. Um, obviously, we had results that didn't go our way uh, mm -hmm. by a huge margin, but we picked up wins where we weren't supposed to. Right. And um, the second part of the season, when Lorente came back from injury, um, he was the catalyst that got the team, well, motoring towards the top end of the table. That's a really that's a really good point actually because um, when when Urenta came in and settled down into that defence, um, whether it was Cooper or Stroik, whoever was next to him, it's quite remarkable how much they tightened up and and became harder to score against. And I think the stat was that in the first fourteen games we conceded thirty goals, um, and in the next twenty four we conceded twenty four. Um, so, so that that already gives you a really good chance of of being more successful. And um, I've just got a funny feeling about this season. But um, last season, I actually felt Leeds would get tenth place, um, make it into the top ten, simply because I the, the 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 ten below that I just really didn't rate. Um, the team that surprised me was West Ham. I didn't expect them to be that high. But um, sure. you know, but then Arsenal and exactly Arsenal and Spurs were just terrible last season, and I'm not so sure they'll be much better this season. But but that's that's another discussion. So yeah, so I was I was personally like you, really thrilled with last season. Um, did they? So you say they exceeded your expectations? Well, when you consider that we had come from the Championship and a lot of the players, um, well, let's face it, they they overperformed. Mm -hmm. And if I were to have uh, some scepticism this season, uh, I'd ask myself whether the likes of, let's say, Stuart Dallas, um, Luke Ayling, um, are able to reach the same levels that they reached last season. I, I actually think they might even be a bit better, in all honesty, now that they've had a full It'd season nice. in the Prem. Um, absolutely. Um Again, you know, when when you say overperformed, um, I don't know if you remember. Um, it must have been about a, a couple of weeks before Bielsa uh, was announced that we were going for Bielsa. I actually wrote a um, a piece on the Not Six Hundred Six board, um, which is all around um, 
Heckenbottom was going, so there was this vacancy, and I, and I'm, I made it very clear that Leeds United have got to get the right manager now. Forget about players. It's not about players. It's about we need a manager that has the ability to manage at a big club, that can take the pressure of managing a big club. Leeds United was just way too massive for people like um, Steve Evans and let's not even talk about Hockaday and and <laughs> and Heckingbottom and Brian McDermott and Christensen, Christensen Gary all, Monk, exactly, and Uri Rosler, exactly, and the, exactly. The, 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 <laughs> the club was just too big for them, you know, and they couldn't cope with that pressure, and and so that they would transfer that pressure back to the players and, and make it difficult for the players to cope. And also because of that, you feel that uh, the players don't believe in those managers, so they can't really reach their potential. I always thought that players like Alioski, Berardi, Pablo Hernandez, etc., um, were ailing, were really, really good players, um, but the managers weren't able to get a tune out of them. Along comes Bielsa. Here's a guy that's managed at international level. He knows how to, how to do his job. He's got a, a way of working that he believes in. He walks in immediately. The players go, crikey, this is a top manager. We need to listen to him. We're championship players. He's Premier League. You know, We need to listen to him, understand what he wants, and then do what he wants. And so the players all bought into into the culture right away, and off we went. And you saw a complete turnaround, and everyone was going, I didn't realize these players were that good. No, no, they were always that good. It was just getting the right manager in. So, so I always felt that when Leeds got to the Prem, these players would be fine there. When you look at the likes of Burnley, Brighton, um, etc., you know, just horrible teams, you know, that, that just simply not at the same level as, as this Leeds United team. So, so I, yeah, I was delighted with last season. I thought 10th, 9th, I, I didn't expect 9th. Um, but um, I suppose we all would have taken 17th at the start of this season. But I guess that's not the Leeds way, you know, to settle for 17th. So. No, it was always nice finishing above the likes of Aston Villa and especially Everton. Um, yeah. I think, we only, I think we only overtook them, was it the last game of the season? Absolutely, and, and quite interesting because um, a friend of mine's a, a toffee, and um, he took me to um, Goodison Park um, years ago to go and see Leeds play in the Radebe days. And um, he took me a bet because I said, I think Leeds would get top 10. And he laughed and he said, never. I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll bet you Leeds finish above Everton. And, and he was like, ah, that'll never happen. <laughs> you know. So, so he wanted to put a lot of money on it, a couple hundred quid or whatever, but I settled for a bag of toffees. And... Um, um, he was the only one that really wanted to bet on Leeds not making the top 10. My tune mates, they all went, we've seen Leeds in the championship. Trust me, this team, if they get it right, they're going to fly in the Premier League because they, they, they understood the kind of dross that, was, that they were battling against, their rivals basically in the Premier League to, to survive against. So, so they had a, a lot of respect for Leeds and, of course, we spanked them twice. So even better but yeah i was i was genuinely really pleased with last season and i have a feeling that this season will kick on i would certainly like to see the squad um oh, i do feel that at the moment the squad is a little bit thin um i believe that we're about to sign the hardest field lad o'brien it looks as if a seven million pound 
uh, deal has been agreed and um, he has been, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Huddersfield are not going to be selecting him uh, for the weekend game. Okay. So it looks as if a move is imminent, uh, albeit um, probably after the weekend now. Interesting. Uh, but as a 22-year-old who hasn't played, you know, to a um, well, to a competitive level, I think uh, over the last couple of seasons he's been out on loan. I think he did pretty well uh, when he was with Bradford City. I remember seeing. Right. Um, but I think we need another forward, and I think we need another midfielder. Do you see anyone else coming in though? Because you know Bielsa, he loves a thin squad, and and um, it it means that he, he it's easier for him to keep the dressing room happy. Number one, but also it means that he's got a settled core of players that all know exactly how to fit into the system, and he's made it clear that he's happy with 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 the transfer window. You know, um, and. If I think if anyone comes in, it'll probably be another Rafinha type deal. That's an absolute must do because it's just too good to pass on. But I don't think that they're going to go out and go spend a lot of money, as you say, on getting maybe potentially another forward in, which is surprising. Quite interesting that you mentioned wingers. Um, obviously, Harold Boston is uh, well. Let's let's be honest. He's a he's a fringe player. But he's just started following um, Valencia. Oh, Valencia, yes, indeed. Right. Um, on social media, mm -hmm. and um, if that's true, it's probably true that we may have lined up a deal. Well, hopefully for let's say another winger to take his place, meaning that obviously Costa will go over to Spain. Yeah. And um, we'll have ourselves another, well, um, hopefully, um, first-team player. Well, I think, I think you're right there. I think it will probably depend. I mean, if something like, ha like that happens where um, we can potentially get another player in and there is a deal in place for Costa to be able to move out, then I think that will happen. I think then um, Leeds will probably sell Costa to finance um, – whoever they want to bring in. But again, that just depends on availability and whether Belsa actually wants someone else. Well, um, we've been linked all season, well, sorry, all summer, with Noah Lang, the uh, yeah. Dutch guy who um, uh, Club Bruges have just signed from Ajax. Uh, they had him on a, on a year's loan. Correct. And, and I, be I believe they they signed him, uh, so they um, activated the clause and basically transfer listed him straight away to try and cash in on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they've paid, let's say, I don't know, seven or eight million, and um, they could triple that if they decide to uh, sell him to Leeds. But um, he's certainly a big target, although over the last couple of days, Ryan Kent has again been linked to a move to Welland Road. I think that's because Rangers bummed out of the Chumps League. Couldn't happen to a nicer club. Well, exactly. It was Malmo, wasn't it? Malmo winning 2-1 uh, on both legs, knocking them out. Actually, so that's lost the best part of 30 million as they'll miss the group stages of the Champions League. Exactly, and that's huge money for them and for Celtic. You know, Celtic have also missed out on Champions League. So, so um, they both 
Rangers and Celtic are vul vulnerable now to having to sell some players, without a doubt, um, because um, a £30 million hole in their budgets um, is irreplaceable. And um, I think that Leeds are getting uh, that Leo Helder, that um, young defender Celtic. from young Celtic. Lad. Yeah, he's quite a prospect. Um, so it'd be great if we can bring him into, into the academy as well. And then he's obviously, a big he's he is. not 18 yet and he's six foot three. Exactly, you know. So, so there's another potentially really good talent that we can get across the line. And Ryan Kent, I mean, you know, I guess it's easy to make the link because Rangers are out of Europe uh, or out of the Champions League anyway, and that they're going to have to sell. And, um, you know, how many clubs are queuing up to buy, buy their players? I'm not sure. Uh, but Ryan Kent definitely is probably their most talented player and um, the one that they'd probably be looking to cash in on. Now, I remember last season, I think it was around about 10 million they were talking around around that figure for him. Uh, that's what Leeds were talking about, although uh, Rangers had different ideas. Oh, right. So what they probably want to I double. I believe Rangers were looking for well, 20 plus, uh, wow. which is well, ridiculous, really. I think they paid 6 million plus add-ons when he signed from Liverpool two years ago. Well, they might, have, they, they might have their hand forced this time around. But that, again, depends if Leeds go in for him. So I think that that might be a, a, a possibility because if you look at the way it lines up, Valencia are ready to buy Costa by all accounts um, if Leeds decide to release him. And um, Rangers have to sell because they've missed out on $30 million. So um, it could well be that um, that happens where Costa goes and Kent comes in. But, um, you know... And obviously Kent can also play up front. Exactly, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But I'm not sure that we'll do too much more um, in the transfer window. As I said, it just depends if, if some things line up and deals um, happen that are really financially um, prudent to do. Um, but as as far as we go with the signings we've made, I think we've done some excellent additions to the academy. Oh, definitely. And this junior Furpo, I like the look of this lad. Well, he is from Barcelona. He should be good. Well, exactly. I mean, they don't sign mugs. And um, um, he's, he's a big lad as well. He's got a heck of a leap on him. And, um, you know, he loves getting up and down the wing, which is really important in Bells' system. And he seems to already have found his feet, um, just from what I've seen in pre-season. Obviously, just hoping now he isn't injured uh, for Saturday. Yeah, I think it's touch and go at the moment. Looks like Lorente's out. And uh, if uh, Lorente and Serpo are both missing, um, yeah, Lee, well, I suppose um, Dallas can, uh, can take left back and uh, well, let's hope that um, young strike comes in. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to try and guess who starts on Saturday. <clears throat> you just don't know with Bielsa, do you? It's, it's um, you know, he keeps his cards close to his chest now. Um, I know that he used to announce his team a week before the game. Um, and I think he was actually told that don't do that anymore, you know, um, you're giving too much of an advantage to the opposition. Although his philosophy is, look, I only play one way. 
it's up to you to stop us. You know how we play, but can you stop us? You know, um, and I think that's the, that's the key thing with him is that he's not too bothered about secrecy with team selection and that. Although he doesn't announce a team anymore in his uh, presses two two days before the game. So I have no idea. I mean, I don't even know if Calvin Phillips is fit uh, fit for Saturday. Um, he should be. Okay. I haven't heard any reports that he isn't. Obviously, he only came back um, this late. So he's got some 45 minutes. Um, but uh, he's been or training his ass off uh, for, his last, for the last two weeks since coming back to training. Right. Well, I mean, we definitely need him against Manchester United without a doubt. Um, it's going to be a difficult game. Uh, they... They're going to have a point to prove first game of this season. Um, I think Solskjaer got them going towards the uh, latter half of last season, and he'll want them to lay down a marker first game to let the fan base know, listen, we are pushing on. We want to make this happen. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how they approach the game. The game at Ellen Road was a really it was a tough grind for them. They they struggled um, against us that day. Um, and I think that um, they may be a bit more conservative this time around. And the first time we played them at, at Old Trafford last season, obviously they scored six. But it was a bit of a freak result because Scott McTominay scored two worldies in the first three minutes or whatever. Um, Scott McTominay, good grief. Anyway, um, so... You know, so for me, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a freak result that because you know to be two 0 down at Old Trafford after three minutes um, is tough for any team, but also the way we play, uh, I think we went a bit too much gung ho in that game. Obviously, trying to claw back, and then before we knew it, we were really behind the eight ball. Um, and then at at Eden Road, we showed that you know by containing them and then matching them. Um, you know, we stood up to them for 90 minutes, toe-to-toe, and they didn't better us. Um, so I've got a feeling that we could come away with something on on Saturday. You know, I'd, I'd be happy with a draw, but by God, how good would it be if we could win there? It's always nice to start the season with a victory. Although, um, yeah, I'd give my uh, right arm to, uh, to get a victory at Old Trafford. <laughs> well, you know that every... Um, Leeds um, opening game of the season under Bells, uh, we've scored three goals. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're pretty good at that. Wow. Yeah. For some reason, you know. But, um, yeah, so so um, um, imagine, I mean, we score three at Old Trafford, but as long as we don't concede six or seven, <laughs> obviously. But I, <laughs> I don't see that happening. I, I, um, I'd be very surprised if we fell apart at Old Trafford. I really I really would be. I think this team is really um, organized. They, they've had a good season together in the Premier League. They understand uh, what to do and what Bielsa wants from them. And I think as well that come the last 20 minutes, um, if we if we level, we could um, get away from them. Yeah, um, hey, anything's possible. Um, I think this time last season we should have beaten Liverpool, and uh, you know they were champions. Um, and uh, I think we were unlucky not to get something out of the game. Oh, I agree, and they got some real fluky goals as well, you know. And um, I mean, even the, the first one, the penalty when uh, when it hit um, uh, Akosh. Um, arm. 
Exactly. And that shouldn't have been given because at that time, the, the directive was that if there's a deflection onto the hand, then it shouldn't be a penalty. And it came off his knee and up onto his arm. So the ref got that wrong. But, right. but also, you know, they talk about, well, Mo Salah scored this worldie. I don't think it was a worldie. And I'll tell you why. I think it was a, a hit and hope. He just hit it in, in the direction of, of the goals and it happened to fly right into the top corner in the only area where the keeper couldn't get to it. So, so yeah, I thought that we were unfortunate at Liverpool. Um, and, um, you know, we, we proved it in the return game against them. You know, we ran them ragged. And, and even at, at Anfield, we gave them a hell of a scare. And, um, I mean, the relief on Klopp's face at the final whistle said everything, you know, that, that he was like, wow, you know, we've got a 4-3 here, but phew, we, we could have lost that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So... Um, how do you think we're going to do this season overall? Do you think we'll um, get a top 10 you know, again? Um, a lot will depend on injuries. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, we haven't kicked ball yet. And uh, we've already got two main players, um, which, are, well, which, are on the, um, which are injured at the moment. So, I would be happy if we could, uh, well, if we stayed in ninth place. So a ninth place finish would be remarkable. I agree, and also also lots of money. Yeah, I can't see us doing any better because uh, we haven't really strengthened enough. Um, we obviously have at left back, but apart from that, we've brought in a lot of youngsters, people which hopefully will be ready for first team action in a year or two. Okay, so I'll ask you this then, Matt. Um... You say you don't think we, we can do better because we haven't strengthened, in other words, brought in more players, okay? Um, mm -hmm. I guess the key thing, number one, is when you bring in players, and this is a, a Bielsa's way of thinking, is only bring in a player that's going to improve your team and make them better, okay? I do think uh, Junior Furpo is an improvement at left back over Dallas and Alioski, so that's a, 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 that's a really, really good signing. So I'll ask you this question then. If you look at the rest of the Premier League, which clubs do you think have made signings that have definitely improved their teams and are going to push them on to be better this season? I think one of the main ones will be Arsenal. Um, the reason being signing Ben White. Right. And you think do you really think he's going to push that team on? I think Ben White is probably one of the best centre-backs in Europe at the moment. Uh, no, look, he, 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 he's going to be an elite player, without a doubt. But I don't think he'll make a difference uh, or that much of a difference to Arsenal in terms of winning games. And I'll tell you why. Um, they struggled to score goals last season. Um, they struggled to create chances. They've got big problems in midfield. Martin Odegaard has now gone back to Real Madrid. They had him on loan, and he really made them tick. Um, there's a reason they didn't frighten Europe. Um, it may be to their benefit not to be in Europe this season, but I don't believe that Arteta is a top-class manager, and I don't think that he can get a tune out of Arsenal. And I also still believe They've got prima donnas in their dressing room and something's not right there. So, so Ben White, yes, I agree, will make a difference defensively, 
I'm not sure he's going to push them on, though. What do you reckon, Matt? Do you not maybe see Ben White as well, a potential defensive midfielder? Well, I don't know what Arteta's thinking. I think that, uh, well, um, at Brighton, uh, well, sometimes he was centre-back, but he also played defensive midfield. He did, and, a, he did a few um, times, yeah, but Brighton liked to play with three at the back. Um, but when they played two, then he would go into the sort of the Phillips role. You did right. Yeah. But, but again, I can't, see, I can't see Arsenal using him there. I mean, they have to play him. They spent 50 million on the lad. Um, their defence was a, a bit... It was a shambles, wasn't yeah. it? It was not good. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they haven't um, strengthened in key areas in midfield, for example. I mean, they've still got Xhaka, uh, um, who Arteta is now talking about as, um, oh, he's actually a great player and he had a good Euros. So it looks like he's staying because Arteta is trying to talk him up. Um, you know, it looks like they've sold that youngster Joe Willock now to Newcastle. Apparently they've agreed personal terms. And I thought he did exceptionally well at Newcastle last season. And I'm amazed that Arsenal didn't keep him. You know, he proved himself in the Premier League, eight goals, um, eight assists from uh, from midfield something Arsenal were missing and they sell the lad. I mean, I don't understand that club sometimes, you know. Um, Eddie Nketiah has shown he's not got the quality. So um, they've got problems. So I don't think that the Ben White signing will drive them on to be massively better. So who else do you think has well, signed? Well, you know what? I, I yeah. would love to see Nketiah back in a lead shirt. The reason being, he is a predator in the area. He is. And I think Leeds need a plan B. Uh, one of the biggest faults um, with the way which we played last season is uh, if the opposition were able to cut off the supply route to Bamford, um, we had no plan B. And a player um, like Niketia, um, an absolute predator in front of goal, um, would benefit us, no doubt. Yeah, um, I mean, any any club would like two or three really um, good strikers because, you know, there are obviously concerns if there's injuries or suspensions or whatever. Um, yeah, so Nketiah, yeah, I think, you know, he didn't really, I mean, he did well for us in his short, in his short spell, but he didn't. Mm, very he, short. Yeah, but he didn't really seem to, um, fit into the Bielsa way of playing? Oh, no, no, certainly not. He was, um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, other clubs, I mean, the only other team I can think of that's made a sign that could potentially boost them is uh, Lukaku to Chelsea. Um, he's just such a brilliant goal scorer. And that was Chelsea's problem last season. You know, they were struggling to score goals. And he's a big unit. And and a heck of a player, but ninety seven and a half million. Good God, that's a lot of money. And he's going to be on about three hundred k a week. So you know that's that's ridiculous money. Um, and and um, it, it's a big gamble. You know that that it pays off for them. That that he um, scores loads and loads of goals. He's an exceptionally talented striker. I think he's gotten better and better. Um, I think he can make a difference to Chelsea. Will it be enough for them to win the league? I'm not sure. I still think uh, Manchester City got such a good team. And defensively, Manchester City improved a lot last season. Um, I don't think uh, Grealish is going to change Manchester City or make them that much better because I don't think he's 
better than what they already have. But he's definitely a good addition to, to their team. I think Leicester have made some good signings right. this summer. So they've signed the uh, uh, signed Daka, uh, best part of twenty five million from Salzburg. Right. No. Do you know much about him? But I do know Salzburg are a pretty decent team. Yeah. Well, he scored thirty four times in forty two appearances last season, uh, but obviously that's in the Austrian yeah. league. Um, but uh, best part of twenty five million. And um, then, and then, if you look at the other, you look at other clubs, you know. No one has made signings, Matt, that are going to absolutely push them on. Nobody. So so when people say, oh, but Leeds haven't improved or we should have signed three or four more players or, you know, I don't think that's the case. I think that we actually are in a really good position with the top manager, a good set of players that understand um, the system and, and have a set of values they work towards. And I think that... Um, you know, don't be surprised if we, for example, finish above Tottenham. I mean, there's a club that's got serious trouble. They've got a striker that doesn't want to be there. Um, they've got a dressing room that's pretty darn poisonous. And, um, you know, if they if they have a bad start to the season, there's a lot of trouble coming for that club. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree. I, I couldn't agree more, sorry. Um, I'm just saying that, obviously, um, a lot of West Ham's um, influenced last year came from yeah. Jesse Lingard. The guy was absolutely on fire right. last season, and um, yeah, this term Manchester United are not going to let him are go. They hanging on to him now. Nope. Nope. Um, I read a report earlier saying that West Ham have about a ten percent chance of signing him, according to Sky Sports. That's really going to affect their. Um, I agree. And, and if they want to buy him, I can't see Man United letting him go for less than 60 million, in all honesty. And, and do West Ham have that kind of money? I don't think so. Uh, no, no. There's only probably both, uh, well, uh, probably just Manchester City. And um, you know, we, we know that uh, uh, they've got bucket loads mm. of money. So, so again, you know, I look, I look at the teams around us, you know, uh, the Arsenal's, the Spurs, um, Villa, I know they've signed, a, signed a, a few players, but I'm not sure if they're going to really, again, take the team forward, move them a step forward. Um, although I see a lot of predictions are saying Villa will finish in the top seven. Um, well, I'm not, again, I'm not so sure about that. They can be very iffy. Um, well, they've lost their talisman, and um, obviously, 100 million is is a great kitty to have. But Grealish controlled the well, not just the midfield, but he actually controlled the entire squad. You know, his um, uh, his assists at um, uh, um, at Villa were uh, inspirational when he wasn't in the team. Um, they were absolutely useless. That's a really good point again, you know, and and um, when I look at their midfield, you know, players like John McGinn, you know, very industrious player, you know, um, works box to box, works, works really hard, but hasn't got that little bit of X factor that Grealish has, getting into the box, turning defences, etc., you know. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they cope without him. 
Um, again, if they have a bad start to the season, it could stay bad for them because I think that, again, is a fragile uh, dressing room. Um, and um, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll do well. I, I would expect Villa to be in the top 10 this season. I really would. But, again, it just depends on how they react to not having Grealish in the team. Yeah, um, obviously they've signed Danny Engs from Southampton. And do you rate him? Engs mm. is a fantastic player. Um, he's he's uh, he worked miracles at St Mary's over the last couple of seasons, but he is prone to injury. Uh, they've also obviously signed Ashley Young. Ashley Young, he's like ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a free transfer. Uh, certainly not um, a bad experienced player to have. And uh, also uh, Leon Bailey from Bayer Leverkusen. Yes. And, uh, now, Leon Bailey has never actually kicked on in his career like people thought he would. Um, and I was, no. I was surprised when they bought him, actually. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, again, it could be uh, one of those players that it, it, it's going to be an absolute hit or an absolute miss. I don't think there's going to be any in between with him. Mm. Have they strengthened defensively, do you know? Um, I don't believe they have. Um, they've let a lot of players go. Yes. Um, obviously, yeah, Grealish is gone. Uh, let's say some long-term players like uh, Tom, he uh, Tom Heaton, um, Al Maharadi, easy for me to say. <laughs> um, they've, uh, Neil Taylor um, all, all left the club. Yeah, and I, I mean, that was expected. And I think they signed Boindia, didn't they, for something like 36 million or something like that. I can't remember the number. Yeah, I think it was a undisclosed amount. Yeah, so yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see, Villa. Um, and then other teams around us, Newcastle um, haven't made a signing yet, although it looks like they're going to get Willock across the line. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yep. you know, Burnley... I mean, I read today Sean Dyche was complaining that it's been a very difficult window and they've been struggling to get transfers done. And I can't stand that guy. Well, it's not that. I mean, I just look at it and I think, well, Sean Dyche, show me a really top talented player that's going to want to go to Burnley. It's not going to happen, you know. Um, and, and, and that's what um, when, when clubs like Burnley, Brighton, etc., eventually get relegated, the reason they struggle is because they can't attract talent. They struggle to attract really good talent in the Premier League. And so how are they going to attract them in the championship? You know, um, as we saw with Huddersfield, for example, you know, can't sign anyone of note because who wants to go play for Huddersfield? And and it's um, it's it's a difficult situation for someone like Burnley. Sean Dyche can't get deals across the line um, because... You know, you might have a list, but then they approach the guys there at Burnley. Oh, no thanks. You know, um, I'd rather go, go to Newcastle if Newcastle made a bid, you know. So it's, sure. it's difficult um, for a lot of clubs. So I'm not too bothered about the transfer window, in all honesty. I think we've done some good business with Furpo and the young goalkeeper yep. and the academy players. I think brilliant. Um, and when I look at what um, people around us have done, Nothing really that's that's um, makes you go wow they're really going to kick on this season so so it's pretty much um, as you were um, from last season in most cases and um, I really think that uh, we'll do well again and we should um, all things being equal and 
having improved defensively in the second half of the season, I think we can kick on. Yeah, and uh, when you look at, let's say, uh, other clubs which were, let's say, on par with Leeds, and let's put Everton in that bracket, they haven't really done that much to uh, improve their team. So um, when you uh, signed Andros Townsend... I mean, how strange is that? Well, again, he was a free transfer from Crystal Palace, so why not? Um, they've got uh, Bogovic um, from uh, Bournemouth. Obviously, he'll be a reserve keeper. Mm-hmm. And they've signed um, Delmarie Gray. Again. 1.6 million. Uh, again, why? So the, the old lad from Leicester. Yeah, why? But, um, you know. Um, it's, um, again, it's just not a lot of money, is it? It's not a lot of money. Well, And also, again, it's bizarre signings when you bring in a manager like Rafa Benitez. You know, you'd think, right, we're going to give you four or five really quality players to bring into the squad and help you improve and then build from there, you know. But what have they done? They've signed two free transfers and another one for 1.6 million, you know. Yeah, and when you look at their outgoings, Theo Walcott has gone to Saints on a free. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, you know, he wasn't pulling up trees anyway. Um, yeah, Everton, I, I think they're going to go backwards, actually. I, I really can't see them kicking on again, you know. Um, oh, one, of, uh, one of Everton's best players, um, Sigerson. Sorry, um, yeah, Sigerson um, is suspended at the moment. Yeah, so there's a there's a top player out of the evidence squad, and they haven't improved. So you know, I can't see them again. I'd be surprised if they finish in the top ten this season. In all honesty, but uh, yeah. So what's your what's your prediction then for Leeds? Where are we going to finish? Do you reckon? Um, you know, let's go one better. So let's go eighth. Okay, you say eighth. I reckon we'll do ninth again. Um, if we can get higher, fantastic. But ninth, again, means also good money um, in terms of league position. So ninth or eighth, I'll take either one right now. Yeah, so would I. So would I. Right, Matt, now. <laughs> the big one on Saturday. Scum Chester. Oh, correct. Jeez, oh, I tell you, I, I really can't stand this lot. You know, uh, if, <laughs> if there's one club that I really I, I despise, it's, it's the evil empire. You know, because... Um, their whole attitude is just one of such entitlement and arrogance. Um, it, 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 I just don't understand it. I don't know why they feel they have a right to win every game and they get upset when teams turn up against them and, and play. Um, but I really hope that on Saturday we go out there and we run them ragged. Um, well, we can obviously hope so. Uh, they've just spent 73 million on uh, Jaden Sancho, but uh, he won't be playing. Uh, he only arrived at their training ground on Monday, and uh, obviously isn't much fit yet. So um, that's um, oh, that's well, uh, hopefully a saving grace. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not too bothered whether he plays or not. I th- look, I think they've got a very good team, without a doubt. Again, they have issues in their dressing room, um, a certain Mr. Pogba, and it depends on whether he genuinely now commits to the club and goes out there and performs like a proper professional. I thought it was telling in the Euros when um, France scored their third goal and he was posing and carrying on a really arrogant goal celebration. And right then, then I thought they could lose this game. 
And and my missus said to me, well, why do, why would you say that? You know, they're strolling it. I said, because that has just shown complete disrespect to the opposition and also has shown me that they think that this is a cruise now. And of course, yeah. and of course we know what happened. You know, they got knocked out. So, um, so if he has that attitude with Manchester United on Saturday, great, bring it on. You know, if he wants to stand there and pose on the pitch and, and be a bit of a prima donna, then he's not going to influence the game at all. Um, so I think that I think that can be got at. I think they have players like uh, Bruno Fernandes and Pogba that if the going gets tough, they'll hide, um, they'll disappear from the game. Um, and also, I think it just depends on um, you know what they've got down the wings. You know, um, have they got pace coming down the wings at us? Because that's their key. You know, can they get get behind our fullbacks? I th I don't believe Rashford is fit either. I don't think he's playing either. No, no, Rashford. Rashford is still out injured. You know, that's a lot of pace out of their team right there. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens. I've got no idea what team they're putting out. Um, but um, hopefully they put a new signing like Varane straight into the, into the, into the middle of their defence um, because I don't think uh, there'll be any understanding there. So I think that... Oh, they've got a lot of players uh, which are returning from injury. So the likes of Fernandez, Sean Maguire... Lindelof, um, obviously, who played in the Euros, mm -hmm. and uh, they've only just come back to the club um, a week ago. But I think they first they, they played their first game um, against Everton last week. You know, I I really do think you know that last twenty fifteen minutes, if we level, I think that we could just absolutely run over them. I really do. I think that. Um, their legs could go, and and we'll only be getting into our into second or third gear at that point. So, um, the key is to keep them out. You know, level at halftime, fantastic. And if we level with twenty minutes to go, watch out. Yep, it'll be nice. Um, um, also, Jesse Lingard is out. Um, he's uh, he's got COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. What a mess. Now I think I think we've got a chance. Um, as I say, you know, as long as we don't give away silly goals and and we really make them work, but they've got to work. We've got to work them. Then I think last twenty minutes um, they could suffer. Well, it would be nice to see the Reds suffer at the hands of Leeds. So give me a scoreline. Well, exactly, and I think that personally, I think that this is probably the last fixture fixture that um, Solskjaer would have wanted at the start of the season. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one one. One one. Hmm. Yeah. Hell. Okay. Yeah, it's a difficult one. A difficult one to call this. Um, I'd take a draw. Yeah, I would take a draw. Um, it might be tight, you know, you're right. It might be a 1-1. One, one. Um, I think there will be a couple of goals as a minimum. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll go 1-1. One, one. It could be a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> a score draw, yeah. I, that would be a... Yeah, I think, I think a 1-1 one, one as well, I reckon. I reckon would be a good start for us um, and set the tone. And if it's a good 1-1 one, one in where we dominated for, for uh, long periods of the game, that would be fantastic. Biggest thing is we need to take our chances in front of goal. That's one thing we haven't been doing pre-season. Yeah, well, I mean, 
if there's one frustration for Bielsa, and he talks about it, is um, the amount of chances we need to create to get a goal. You know, um, it is a frustration for him. Um, I think, though, that obviously now with Rafinha uh, having had a full season with us now, um, and also it looks like Rodrigo might start on Saturday, and and he was flying towards the end of end of the season. I think that we might start getting a, um, a few more, um, especially when those players start chipping in as well. You know, see so if Bamford um, gets us another fifteen this season. And others around him, Clicky finds his feet again and starts scoring. You know, Rodrigo, Rafinha start adding goals. Then I think um, we'll be fine. So you're going for a draw then on Saturday. Um, I'll settle for that. I'm going to keep both my fingers crossed and go for a 1-1. Yeah, I think I'll settle for that. I'll take a point um, and, and um, top 10 finish again this season. I'll be very happy. And hopefully, hopefully, another another signing coming in before the window closes? I think there needs to be, and apart from O'Brien, well, I think O'Brien's going to come in anyway, but we need another signing apart from him. It'll be nice to see Rafina um, come more infield, maybe as an attacking midfielder, right. or perhaps uh, taking Hernandez's old role. Right. Well, I mean, let's see. I mean, I, again, I think... It, all those sort of permutations depend on 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 if they manage to sign somebody. But Bielsa said he's happy with what he's got. So, you know, I guess we have to trust him at the end of the day. If no one else comes in, you know, he knows what he's doing. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Well, Matt, we've come to the end. Um, thank you so much for your time today. It was fascinating having a chat oh, to you. No problem at all. And sort of understanding why you follow Leeds and your thoughts on the club transfers, etc. And yeah, I look to look forward to having you on again soon, mate. Fantastic. Many thanks. Thanks, Matt. Take it easy. Thank you so much for listening. That was my chat with Matt, also known as Ellen from the Not 606 Leeds United Board. And it was great having him on for a chat. I hope you'll join me again soon. Bye-bye.